Welcome to the Loaded Goat. I'm Aaron. And I'm Elton. You're Chris. But today we have sports writer Elton Hayes with CHNI um, returning to cover, to break down the last episode of season two. Oh, I didn't even know this was the finale. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Nice. He's just here for he's just here for the ride. I'm just here for the comments. Here for the commentary. (laughs) So Elton, thanks so much for joining. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. How are things going with? um, So you just wound down uh, the the college football season. Penn State did not live up to expectations. It seems like it's been a rough two years for the Nittany Lions. Eleven and eleven over the past two seasons. Uh, They lost twenty. Four to ten in the Outback Bowl by, uh, to Arkansas, which ran for three hundred and sixty-one yards. <laughs> so um, there's some reflection. There needs to be some reflection in the off season. Yeah, yeah. Now that's um, that is that that. Do you think Franklin? What's the word about James Franklin? Is this? I, I know he's got a ten-year extension. Is his job? Is his job secure? Or is it up in the air right now? I, I think he's built up enough capital um, in his first. This is his end of his eighth year, six seasons to kind of have this two year lull. But um, people want to see, you know, signs of improvement, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, They're a little restless right now. They're a little worried about what they're seeing. And uh, rightfully so after the product that's been out there this season. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, we appreciate you joining. I wanted you to be here for this episode because you were here for the season one opener, which was Opie Mm -hmm. and the Bully. And I, you said, and this stuck with me, that you wanted to know more about that bully's backstory and why he behaved the way he did. And this is one of the few episodes where it really delves into kind of the dynamics of family and relationships. Yeah, definitely. Is that what this is? No. I'm looking forward to this, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of being facetious when I say this, but but it does delve. It does delve. So and then we're going to ask everybody about the all their family episodes. I'm sorry, Elton. I said it's definitely one of the more introspective episodes. Yes, yes. So this episode first aired on May 7th, 1962. Uh, we opened with Barney and Andy pulling up to the courthouse. They're both exhausted. I guess they had a wild night the night before or they had to get up early, but they get there and neither of them seem to have their keys and they try to wake Otis up to get him to let them in. And they um, finally go around to the back. Christopher noticed the back bars now seem to have a new openable window. I guess since Barney ripped the uh, last one off and they had to rebuild it. Yeah. Finally doing the Mayberry jail uh, renovations that Barney's been talking about. Next is the crime lab. Yeah, the crime lab is is coming. I mean, for sure. The crime lab reminds me of this time a friend of mine and I were talking about needing a crime lab. And they said in, in, a, in a small town, they said, you don't need a crime lab. I said, you know, there's never any crime there. I said, well, there was that trailer park shooting where that guy shot five people. And he said, well, if somebody's sitting there, you got five dead bodies and you um, have a guy sitting there with a shotgun um, and a can of Budweiser, you don't need CSI to come in and figure out what's going on. <laughs> you don't need to be Sherlock Holmes to figure that one out, right? No, no. At least that was what they what they said, but which I, which he had a point. So, so they finally wake Otis up and get him to let them in, and he chastises them because he didn't get his full hours of full eight hours of sleep. I get that. Oh yeah, yeah. 
So I'm Barney starts going you know, through how much the night. I like my sleep. So. Oh, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. You, so how? I typically I'm like seven. I, I need my seven or eight. Sometimes I'll sleep eight or nine, especially during the pandemic. I've been doing more of that. How much do you guys sleep? Probably seven and a half hours. You know, six to seven hours a night. Seven and a half. Yeah. I'm I, I'm at a, a solid eight, but I. I can I can put in a ten or eleven on the weekend if 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 the oh, yeah. if it calls for it. That's one thing I can't do. I'm not very good at sleeping in, and I mean I'd tell you I've got to just get out there. We're burning daylight. I don't even think it's that. Get out there. You got to get that. down to your basement. Be a freelancer. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Burn in fluorescence. I, I don't. I don't think we. Um, I don't, I just, but it is one thing. I just have a tough time. I'll wake up and I can't get back to sleep. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. So Barney starts going through the mail. They got another card from the Eubacher brothers. This is the first third and final letter from the, from the brothers, but it was always funny that they would um, mail them an update. And every time they'd say, you know, some Sunday afternoon, we should drive up there and go, okay, go see them. I got so a good, good laugh out of that one. Um, so there's also a letter for Otis, and it's from his sister-in-law, Verlene, saying she and her brother are arriving, and then she makes a joke about him being able to fix speeding tickets. She's um, so thirsty. <laughs> oh, you think she's all about Otis? Yeah, for, especially in the car in the later scene. She, she uh, loves Otis. She was, yeah. a little, uh, she was a little enthusiastic, about, you know, and everything. So, Chris, you might be on to something. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's Complex a good point. family dynamics. Yeah. Well, it turns out Otis has convinced them he's a sheriff's deputy because he's been writing them letters on May on Mayberry Jail stationery and then just going along with the notion that they believe he's a deputy. He's clearly embarrassed, but he says he's always been the back black sheep of the family and held up against his brother Ralph. All right, Elton, you're a lawyer. Uh, do you Wait, think what? that? <laughs> do you think that that constitutes impersonating an officer? I think that does, given the whole dynamic of it, with him kind of being a, you know, uh, an extension of the of the of the uh, police police department. But uh, I don't think that one does. Okay, thank you for your for your counsel. <laughs> so thank you for that for that. Andy feels bad for Otis. And I mean, what Otis did was pretty innocuous, pretty innocent. I mean, even if it was impersonating a law enforcement officer. So Andy decides to give him a job at the jail while they're, while his family's here to help him save face. And Barney says he can't do that because Otis is careless, irresponsible, and, reliable, and unreliable. And I feel like o Andy really gives Barney a side stare like, pot meat kettle and then says <laughs> and then says i'll make him a then i'll make him a deputy yeah i mean it's kind of like it's almost like him just barney doesn't get it but i think he's just basically he's kind of just saying who are you to say that he's kind of almost rubbing well, it I mean, in on barney if barney can do it you know i mean hey the, the bar is really not that high so no so he sends Otis back to clean up. Barney is flabbergasted, but Andy tells him that Otis is a, just is a good person who just drinks too much. And so Otis comes How out in his we uniform. All? <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be on my tombstone. He's a good person. He just drank too, just drank too much. Put a 
what's what's the uh, phrase that Barney keeps repeating? Like that's not that's not the truth, or it's falsi- falsifying. Oh, yeah. Falsifying. Yeah, falsifying. Falsifying. Yeah, he definitely has like a word of the day type calendar, which is one of the most insulting things. I had a colleague a couple of years ago who asked me if I have a word of the day calendar, and I was like, "You just th- do I just constantly say one word that's big every day that is different and keep going from there?" I do get a word of the day emailed to me, but uh, I don't know about, about Shell. Yeah. Your I, Urban I Dictionary <laughs> subscription doesn't count. <laughs> that is, that is, that would act, that would actually be an awesome subscription. They do, that. They they do, do that. I had that for a long time. Okay. I might sign up for that. That'd be, you know, so I can, so I can stay up to date. You can stay hip to the hop. <laughs> yeah. So Otis comes out in his uniform. Andy swears him in. And Barty, of course, has to give Otis his own pep talk. He wants him to swear that he won't drink while he's wearing his uniform. Otis has a tough time doing that. And he's this having a funny. tough I like yeah. this. This is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's just like trying to get him to do all these things. And Barney says the Barney just goes, the man don't have it. And then he asks for a salute. And it's just one of the most pitiful <laughs> salutes you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like when Chief Justice John Roberts was swearing in Barack Obama in 2012 and he kept screwing up what the, uh, what the what the oath of office was and then they had to redo it later do you think that's what he was doing i forgot all about that i forgot all about that too that was really cold that, that day i mean it was, it was really you know, cold it was, that day is that what it, was, <laughs> it was really cold that day it was, hard it to was keep, pretty cold. <laughs> hard to keep focus on what you're trying to trying to do people don't forget chief justice yeah. <laughs> so so we cut to ralph and verlaine driving and she's oh, nagging, nagging him, nagging him a lot. And it turns out Ralph doesn't believe his brother is a deputy. And we go to commercial. And right then I'm like, what? This guy seems he, like. He, he seemed like a jerk. He yeah. definitely seemed like a pretentious jerk. I, and, and a pretty unaccomplished. He seems like he's, you know, they, they seem like, they don't seem like a very happy family. Yeah. You two are so judgmental. I think they seem like lovely people. From from the north or you just said, south. <laughs> you just said you thought she was all into Otis. Yeah, doesn't mean she's not lovely. <laughs> Velma or whatever her name is. What Blaine. I thought was what I thought I thought was missing from this scene is they've got all their they're just traveling with like their hanged up clothes. Um, and I would like to see them take a turn and, or like swerve, and then you see all the clothes go from side to side. Go one way to the other. <laughs> that would be pretty, that'd be pretty awesome. So Ralph is played by Stanley Adams, who is best known for playing Cyrano Jones in the Star Trek episode of Trouble with the Tribbles. I'm going to bet neither one of you have ever seen that episode. I have not. Okay, and we already covered this when we did Cyrano Andy. No, that's no, has nothing to do. One has nothing to do with the other. The Tribbles is this episode of Star Trek. It's, It's actually one of the funnier episodes, and it's these furry creatures get on the Enterprise. And they're just these cute things, the but then they just... Huh? Are these the Wookiees? No, they're these little things called Tribbles, and they're little, little small. And everyone's like, oh, these Tribbles are so cute, but they just <laughs> multiply and multiply, and then pretty soon the whole Enterprise is just covered in Tribbles. <laughs> I don't know you what you're talking about. Did you him from that episode, Darren? I'm sorry? Did you recognize him from that episode? No, I Googled him. Okay, okay. <laughs> Now, I did recognize Verlene, who's played by Amzie Strickland. She played Barney's first girlfriend, Miss Rosemary, in season one. Do you remember, Christopher? No. Well, of course not. 
I didn't think you would, but I just wanted to ask. You put me on blast today. <laughs> After the break, we go to Otis, Otis's wife, um, Rita, who is a little skeptical at the idea of him being a deputy. Otis, uh, a deputy? Otis, a Otis? deputy? A deputy? That's like three times. It's, yeah, it's, it's really funny. And she asks what he has to do with intoxicating beverages. And Andy says, well, when Andy says he has to confiscate them and dispose of them, his wife tells him to locate his booze and get rid of it. This Turns out he's, yeah, and he's hidden it under her potted plant and um, <laughs> and he has to pour it out in the sink. Um, this is the last time we ever see Rita Campbell on the show. So we'd ever see Otis's wife again. Oh, interesting. You think something happened to her? No, she lived to be here. She lived like another 30 years. So I don't know. I, just, I don't think they brought her back. All right. She did go out on a high note. It's a great scene. It is a great scene. So Ralph and Verlaine show up. And the first thing Ralph does is criticize Otis about his weight. Then he questions Andy if he really works for him. And Andy says he does. And is that his specialty is knocking over stills. Um. <laughs> Critical was Ralph, though. I mean, he wasn't the slimmest guy himself. And for him to, you know, sit up there and call out Otis for his weight, you know, he's kind of he's a jerk. The guy yeah, a I jerk. think this is indicative of the, the caustic family dynamic that they grew up in. That's not ever appropriate to say or to, to ever comment on. You know, I think I mean, just you'd be amazed caustic. at how you'd be amazed at people, especially from an older era, that think that stuff was that just thought it was okay that thinks it's just okay to walk up and say that to somebody that reminds me of a time i went back home and visited my mom <laughs> she said i looked pregnant so it is a it is a it is a generational thing you know i i once did somebody said something like that to me and i did a counter back of my first impression of them and it was toxic <laughs> it was like everybody in the group just kind of stared and i was the bad guy when you know i hit back but i was hit first so I don't know. And I mean, and they, um, and they're not, and, and expect that they're going and think that that's going to go okay. And they're just yeah. going to laugh that off. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, I think they'd be pretty hard, pretty hurt and uh, pretty upset about that. And they probably wouldn't let you forget about it either. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Andy leaves. Ralph asks Otis where he can get a snort. And Otis says he's not about that. He's actually really kind of stunned that his brother would immediately ask that. And at the jail, Barney is still upset about Andy making Otis a deputy. I mean, I'm kind of like, Barney, thou doth protest too much. I mean, I'm kind of like, what is, you know, is, is Bar- I mean, I know Barney ties up a lot of his self-worth in this, but you just think Barney could go along with the flow here for a second. It's almost like he felt threatened. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. So Otis comes in, says he can't find Ralph, and says they had lunch, and Ralph said he was going for a walk, and Otis thinks he's trying to prove that he's not a deputy and that his um, and that this this whole thing didn't work. And just then a drunken Ralph comes in and arrests himself a la Otis Campbell and says, that's the way do we do, do it back home. How do you folks do it here? And Otis chastises. Beautiful and, parallel track here. Because yeah. I don't know if either of you noticed that this is the same thing that Otis does. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he makes his living in Mayberry. Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, just call it, call Christopher here with the hot takes. I mean, you know. <laughs> Want to make sure everybody got that. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you, if you all have seen the movie Don't Look Up, 
but you know, I was watching it and I, I got the, I found out after I, I watched the movie that it might be about climate change, but I, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, I want to see that. Like that is on my list. Beat over the head with these illusions. Like all of, I mean, this, this episode's like Oliver Stone directed it. <laughs> it's like, do you get the parallel here? Do you get it? <laughs> the, the, well, that's an old, I'm surprised you did the Oliver Stone reference because that's an old John Stewart joke from the Daily Show days where he made jokes about Oliver Stone always beating you over the head with what the message was. So I've said that in reference to that joke. And I've never heard somebody else repeat that. Oh, I mean, it was just, you know, and, in um in in in, in, um, in college and in high school, I thought Oliver Stone was just amazing. And I remember a professor said, "This was before the Daily Show." This she said, "He beats you over the head with his message." And so after I watched them now, I was like, "Man, this really is just in your face." I mean, it's just like, do you get what I'm trying to say here? Do you get it? <laughs> Nothing so, on Adam McKay. So yeah, and so and so Otis chastises Ralph, says he's. You know, he embarrassed him in front of his friends and he behaved in a way when he was visiting him. He was a rude guest, which he was. And Ralph shares that he's the, he's, he was the town drunk back home, but now on he's going to be respectable, just like Otis. And Andy tells Barney he never knows how things are going to turn out and we go to commercial. And I've always said that the Andy Griffith show just kind of, and a lot of shows of that era, but the Andy Griffith show in particular just portrays alcoholism. Like it's just kind of a funny little quirk and a funny little, and a funny little thing. But I'll tell you what, what is even funnier is hereditary alcoholism. <laughs> alcoholism that is passed, passed along from generation to generation and it affects all the children. <laughs> yeah, God, you really threw me for a loop there. I got really confused. I'm also watching Mayor of Easttown and there's a, a scene where, where the main character is talking about kind of the history of depression and, and suicidal ideation in, in their family. And it's like, I was just wondering if it's like a genetic trait. And when you were talking about this, I got all the little wires confused in my head and thought that that was Andy Ernst you know Otis talking about whether or not that it was passed down as a as a you know hereditary trait be a yeah. little bit deep for Otis maybe that might be a little deep but this actually does delve I mean the funny thing is is like it's like you're worried you were worried about stepping up to your brother you're the thing of it is it's like Otis has the same demons as his brother but Otis is a nicer person than his brother yeah, yeah. were you surprised that he responded that way to him when he chastised them I think the thing of it is, is not, I wasn't because at the end of the day, if uh, Ralph probably went out of his way to make Otis feel bad about himself a lot. Yeah. So he's just kind of getting his, getting, taking advantage of the opportunity. The I, the I, we're just saying you embarrass me. But this is, this is a place for Otis to be the bigger person and kind of yeah. recognize both of their demons and, to, a little bit to Aaron's point of where they always just make light of this, like they, he didn't address or confront that issue. That that's yeah. clearly something that they have in common. Look at us. Are we actually talking about something real here? We are kind of. I mean, dang. Well, I tell you, at least the show didn't go down the road of if the epilogue shows up with Ralph and Otis both drunk and putting and arresting them, and putting themselves in separate cells. <laughs> that would have really been sad. That would have been yeah. So in the epilogue, Barney and Andy are in the jail. Otis comes in and they think he's drunk, but it turns out he tried to walk all the way from his house with his tummy tucked in and the show ends. <laughs> this is funny. 
I like this. Otis is a great At first, I character. thought he was drunk. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, he couldn't, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't leave it alone. But then I was, I was, I was relieved to see that he was just challenging himself to walk from the, uh, from his house to the uh, station like that. So. so this was the season finale a week after the show aired. Don Knotts appeared on the cover of TV Guide. I think by this point, the series was just a national, I mean, it was treasure. a, a it national was, treasure. It was a national treasure. The show was nominated for Emmy for Best Comedy Series, but lost to the Bob Newhart show. And I remember him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I remember him. Uh, Bob, <laughs> Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart actually was a, was a very funny comedian yeah. too. And it shows one of the better ones on television. So it's not like he lost. It's, it's not like it lost. To, it's not like the Wire losing a Boston legal. I mean, or you know, or some of the, oh yeah, trying to be from the ages. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the why the why the, the the funny thing is is like the Emmys especially they have lost they have lost uh, you know they're you know in this golden age of television a lot of great shows have just been kind of tossed yeah, aside or just not the paid idea attention of to. Little Denny Crane James Spader getting up there and trying to pretend like he did anything special just really <laughs> spoils my blood. Well, no, it was season four of The Wire, which was about the it was it was all about the education system. That was, in my opinion, that was the best season. Yeah, it's that an amazing season, season, and it said, and I remember the, the, the critique of it. It said one of the one one of the most thought provoking looks at our school system and how children slip through the cracks. Lost to Denny Crane. <laughs> no, I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, and that was really the feeling. Um, so Don Knotts won an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor. And back then, it was it was in the, um, they were all looped, lumped into one group. So it was comedy, drama, even single appearances on shows. Oh, wow. And Don Knotts beat a number of actors, but one of them he beat was George C. Scott, who's considered to be one of the greatest actors of his generation. Mr. Pat. heard of him. You've heard of him? <laughs> You've never heard of George C. Scott? No. Have you heard of the, have you heard of the movie Patton? Oh. <laughs> have you heard of General Patton? I have. I have. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. At least we're, he, he portrays well, him in Patton. He portrays <laughs> him in Patton. That's a great movie. That is a great movie. It's nothing like so, Chinatown. Yeah. We, uh, we did. We said we brought up Chinatown last week on our last episode. Elton Christopher never heard of the movie Chinatown. Neither have I, Aaron. Yeah, get off our backs, Aaron. I like having oh, no. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's it. That's it. We're ending the show. It's over. We're done. We're done. <laughs> My second and last appearance on the. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, how many whistles would y'all give this? Elton, go first. Is it five or ten? You yeah. get ten. You get ten. ten. I give it eight. Eight. I give it I'm, eight. I'm there with eight too. I'm with eight too. It was a good, good episode. It's all around, baby. Yeah. So I, this was interesting, I found out, because after watching it, you know, I went and looked up Otis, and apparently in real life, he was the complete opposite of the guy he was on the show. Like they oh, said, yeah. he, didn't, they, he didn't drink, you know, he um, was just like a very upstanding, he was, they, uh, was in the military, well, I guess everyone back then kind of had to be, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, he was a pilot, uh, he was like the polar opposites of the guy he portrayed on the show, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, he's also he was also the voice of a lot of cartoon characters. I mean, he's the Al as on Winnie the Pooh, and I mean, he did a lot of. A you lot didn't of, tell me that. I did tell you that. I think That's you just cool. forgot. Okay. Yeah, but he uh, <laughs> he ended up he ended up doing. But yeah, I mean, Al, yeah, he was a 
just um, you know, kind of seemed like he was like the teddy bear side of Otis seems probably like maybe that was what his persona was really was really like. And then I, I read um, later on um, as the show, or he kind of got away from the show because he he didn't want that image to guys like, taint him for later roles. So you know, hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't like <laughs> that guy who that kid, poor kid who played Joffrey Baratheon on Game of Thrones. I mean, he he basically had to walk away from acting because I think it was just he got typecast as this. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's wow. terrible, terrible human. <laughs> The character the is. I think the yeah, actor's supposed to be a very nice guy. Yeah, I, I would do that. I would also say Olivia Rodrigo's boyfriend is probably going to have a, a tough, or ex boyfriend is going to have a tough future. You know, I like when this happens. It's fun. <laughs> Flo Any from fun? Progressive. Oh yeah, she's done. She's she's done. She's well, I mean, it's like who's the guy? The the what was it? The Verizon guy? The, the commercial guy? Oh yeah, they switched to the Sprint. Like, the Sprint guy. So, yeah. You know. I mean, I would imagine Flo is is making is making bank um doing that. Yeah. God, yeah. My well, favorite those, though. Those fees Progressive has. <laughs> my favorite on the my favorite guy and he could do commercials for here on out i'd probably watch a movie of him doing this is the progressive guy a progressive won't turn can't, can't stop you from turning into your parents oh i mean those, i love those, those i love those, those commercials yeah, my dad those. doesn't get why they're funny which is case in point of how good they are <laughs> I mean that is that's even even my my father-in-law finds those commercials really funny and he's in his mid 70s. I'm just going to have a salad for dinner. Oh. <laughs> Oils my blood. <laughs> All right, any final thoughts? No, I like having Elton here. It's way more fun than just talking to you. I agree. I Look, agree. I'm here. I'm here. It's the off season. You all let me know. I'm just a, a phone call away. Well, we will, we will, we will have you back for sure. This is this is fun. Um, when we Christopher and I recorded some uh, other episodes, and just wasn't it just wasn't the same. So we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to have you back. That means a lot. So in the meantime, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcast. If you're there and think about it, please subscribe. Also, follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Loaded Goat Pod. And if you have any questions, please go to loadedgoat.net and submit one. Next week, we'll break down Andy Griffith's football monologue, which turned him into a national name. And until then, Christopher and Elton, I don't care how you do it back home. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Whatever, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs>